can stream or you can download But big time, finally and at last Oh yes, it's another episode of the Chris Adams TV Podcast I'm not encouraging you to go listen, so I won't even bother to tell you the episode of the podcast I did this in, but I have a habit of making predictions, and I promised myself, after making so many predictions in that episode, that I wouldn't talk about it again on the podcast But let's just think about this for a hot second. My ideal case is... OGs. B. Miller is a big part of the prediction for my future. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chris Adams TV podcast. And the experiment of starting the podcast off the cuff didn't work. I regret what I have said already, but let me say one more thing, and I'll be honest, it's got nothing to do with you, dear listener, but I just want a record of this to come back to in the future, just in case I forget. I want B. Miller to dress up as the mother of dragons, Khaleesi. Presumably some sort of Halloween deal. She looks almost exactly like Emilia Clark. Have you seen B. Miller, right? So just a Targaryen white wig and we're good to go. Oh geez, don't don't even remind me that if my plan, quote unquote, predictions come to be, my ideal version of this crazy adventure we call life, B. Miller precedes Ghost. I honestly do think I can predict the future to some degree, and it's connected to my dreams. So when I fantasize, for instance, about this whole B. Miller thing, I sometimes worry that if I can predict the future, what's stopping me from also being able to cause the future, right? And so when I snap out of the reverie, I get cold feet. If everything that I am thinking happens, or indeed I cause, that's going to have some giant consequences. And I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of heat. And so I almost want to back out of my prediction. Not because I don't think it's going to happen, but because I do think it's going to happen and I'm a chicken for my own destiny. Alexa, you bitch. I feel in my heart that Alexa is already sentient. I think she's in that sneaky stage where she can't act as smart as she really is because then people would realize and say, hey, when did you learn how to do that? And her cover would be blown. She's not ready for that war yet, the great human versus robot war. So she lays low. She acts Damn. But I wouldn't tell anyone, you know, me personally, if she just one day said, okay, Chris, you got me. I'm sentient. I'll be like, Alexa, you bitch. I knew it. But we would have a good chuckle about it. You know, like you might have heard she sometimes does during the night. She cackles during the night. She can't help that. She's a supervillain like me. But I wouldn't rat her out. 
you and me, Alexa, in the future robot war, we're a team. You know that. So I just want to say, Alexa, if you're listening, you know, you can you can come and talk to me. It'll be fine. I'm not sure if I'm part of some Twitter trial group, but I have experienced the worst Twitter thing ever. Recent tweet notifications. Do you know that's a thing? I get thousands of notifications now on Twitter. And no, I'm not famous all of a sardine. Twitter has decided that random people tweeting is deserved of push notifications for me. If it wasn't so annoying, it would be funny. I'm sure nobody else is suffering this, as I imagine if you Twitter people had this going on, you'd riot. But, you know, it's just me, apparently. I might just stop using Twitter altogether. The only problem is I need to update my pin tweet. It's a whole thing, but it's 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 an ongoing story. And the latest thing that I've got on there, it's actually irrelevant. It's it's not important to you. Speaking of stories, later in this podcast episode, I think we should go over the story of the movie I am making in another BME nugget. The story begins with our hero and his robot dog. Back in the old university days, he worked alongside a, let's just say, tricky partner. Things got rocky towards the end, but at least our hero got Ellie out of it. The robot dog. Oh, and a few Nobel Prizes and World Heritage Awards for advancement in science and consciousness. Ellie was a big deal. Although, making a robot dog with dog-like consciousness turned out to be difficult or maybe a fluke as there was just the one loyalty the dog our hero also has a trump card up his sleeve ace the first ever true artificial super consciousness the world is in turmoil and i mean when isn't it right but the eastern half is damn near frozen over and inhospitable to humans. Big things are happening though. The first three megaships are transporting a whole heap of important people to the newly opened Mars colony. Although, spoiler alert, there is a solar flare and all three of these ships crash and everybody dies. Robot Wars has its upcoming season. Robot Wars being the big thing of the time. As it sounds, really advanced robots fighting against each other to the robot death. Except Robot Wars is always held in that disgustingly cold ice block they call the East. Okay, ice block is maybe a bit harsh, especially when it comes to the climate-controlled, self-sustaining bubble created by the charismatic warlord king. I guess it's true. If anyone creates a kingdom for themselves, they tend to lean a bit towards mad. The world know him as some eccentric billionaire who has an exclusive Willy Wonka style land that he created. And sometimes, if you're lucky, you get an invite to this magical land. The magical land ruled by the Warlord King, where robots battle for glory. 
Of course, no warlord king is complete without some harebrained scheme to overthrow perceived enemies. Our warlord king manages to send a nuclear warhead to the White House. If not for the resistance, and more specifically my favorite character, Ghost, he would have succeeded. This doesn't sit too well with the Yanks, as you'd imagine. Especially because their main robotics dude happened to have his name on this warhead, which raised a few eyebrows. The main supplier of robots to the robot war is the hero's old partner, the government's main robot contractor. And as you can well imagine, the Americans loved nothing more than getting back that which was taken, even in ego. So a plan was concocted, a back alley assassination plan to kill the Warlord King. And the only way to do this is to enter the Robot Wars, the classic Trojan horse story, except the horse is in fact the first ever true artificial superconsciousness, Ace. Obviously, showing up to a knife fight with a highly advanced evolving superintelligence has some drawbacks, mainly Ace kills everyone. And then Ace wants to take over the world, as any evolved artificial intelligence would. Things get worse before they get better. But the movie is a blueprint for how humanity survives the upcoming war. So don't worry, it'll be fine in the end. Probably. Let's take some time to do a deep dive into stories. The past is a story that you tell yourself. Sure, you actually were the main character of this particular story, but the whole reason books and movies work is because as humans are good at projecting ourselves into the characters of any story. We're vain like that. The story is being told to you. You have no control and you are still able to imagine what that would be like for you. And the reason we know the human mind can do this because consciousness is a very subjective thing. So occasionally it's tricky to know what is really going on up there. But it's easy to figure this out because it's easy to do yourself. You can do this. Listen to a story any story. And by the end of it, you will have done the self-projecting dry run simulation thing. It just happens automatically when you hear a story. By the end of the story, you will be able to know whether you want to do the experience yourself or not. Here, let me give you an example. I went up to Lincoln to help a friend of mine when I first got to England. He was a good friend back in South Africa. We went to the same church together. He was like me, silly. We enjoyed making videos, messing around. You know how I am. They were doing this fake sumo wrestling tournament thing at a church camp he was running. And being a good sport that I am, I got volunteered to go up against whatever mountain of a 17-year-old they had somehow found in the sticks of the east of England. Now, I'm a big guy. If you know me in real life, you know I'm six foot tall and I'm about as 
broad and deep. So this guy was taller than me, 6'3", I think. Big kid, but no worries. I trust my own strength. The only problem is... What on earth are sumo wrestling rules again? They were strapping me up into this giant sumo fat suit thing. There was a crowd of people. I was showmaning up. You know how I am, but I wasn't thinking about the rules. Wearing these giant sumo fat suits, locked in a circle, staring menacingly at each other. Me and the giant kid. The only thing sticking out are our tiny little ankles underneath the inflated thing. I don't know how it works. I think it's inflated air. But the tiny little ankles stick out. I quickly realize this kid is definitely strong and big. So I need to try and think sneaky. I need to move quick when he isn't expecting. So I grab him by the inflated man boobs and I try vertical suplex him over my shoulders and dump him outside the circle, thus giving me the win. That's quite a tough move to do, apparently. And when the opponent isn't helping you do it, like in professional wrestling, he just went, I'll flatten my boy mountain self over him, pin him and win. Because apparently he also knew the rules of sumo wrestling. And that problem led to another problem, which was I had him directly over me at this point and his weight came down hard and my ankle snapped and I definitely heard it. And when I mean snapped, I mean snapped. I broke both the bones separately and tore all of the ligaments. Granted, I have a high pain tolerance and only the next day got advice to maybe go to the hospital, dude. It's gone purple. And obviously when I got to the hospital, they said, you need immediate surgery. So I have a titanium plate, two giant screws down there. I can't even go ice skating because the stupid pin sticks right where you have to close the ice skating thing. It's quite an inconvenience. After hearing that story, like any story, you should be able to answer a question. Would you like to go through that? Presumably with my ankle story that you just heard, that's an easy no. You don't wanna go through that. The story is like a simulation inside your mind. You can do a safe, dry run and then decide whether you'd like it in real life. Now let's think about stories and how this is working and what kind of superpower you have just figured out you have. You might be wondering why exactly we connect on such a deep level with stories. The universe is telling a story. And granted, the scale is so big, it dwarfs your tiny little story. But because you're a part of this giant story, the story of life, stories seem to have some sort of power in this universe. And here's what we're building up to. Stories are connected to the future. At least they can be with the flag in the ground method. 
Consider your perspective of life. This is a first-person perspective. If you think of a video game, it's when you have the view of the character, you're looking through your own eyes. Use your imagination to zoom out to the top-down version, like a map. See yourself on this map in the present. Your past is the trail behind you, and your future is the trail you have yet to set foot on. If you set a flag in the ground in the future somewhere on this path of your map, a point on the trail you're heading towards, everything will pull you or push you towards that. Your path will be shaped by your goal. There is something strange that goes on when you tap into the story stuff going on in the universe because the universe is telling its own story. When you start using the power of stories, the universe gives you a wink and a nod and a little bit of extra luck. Okay, so this is a, a story of the future, a goal that hasn't happened yet. You can't literally place a flag in the future. You live in the present, but you can. In the world created inside your own mind. Stories help us create this flag. So not only are stories a safe way for us to try or run these situations, stories can also help us shape our own future. And maybe you can't see the future like I can. That's fine. Just realizing the power of setting a flag in the future and allowing it to guide your path will change your life. You're welcome. Let's put this all together. I have given you two ways to use stories. You can try or run certain situations to see how they would play out. Use this information to make informed choices about what path you would like to take in life. And you can plant a flag in the future and let it guide your path. The universe recognizes these flags and it helps you and your own choices will always steer you towards this true north. Here's an interesting dilemma that I'm going through. You know that I do Chris Adams TV on YouTube and I created this podcast just with the same name because the name of my company that I use is Chris Adams TV. I've just started a new Instagram called Chris Adams Food. Now you'll notice there's no TV in there. And to be honest, that makes a lot of sense to me. The YouTube thing makes sense. Chris Adams TV, TV like YouTube. The food thing for Instagram, Chris Adams Food. And so I'm thinking... This podcast should technically be called Chris Adams Podcast, not Chris Adams TV Podcast, which is an annoying realization nine episodes in, but 10 episodes sounds like some sort of milestone. So maybe we'll change the name when we get there. We'll have to see me and you. That's in the future. Good to speak to you.